Hi, this is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. Coming up next, we are dispelling some financial planning myths in an effort to help separate fact from fiction. And how do you identify gaps in your financial planning by analyzing your exposure to the big six retirement risk? And now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. It's what we do here on this show every week. It's what Russ Hackman and Claire O'Hare and Jack Young and the team at Hackman Wealth Partners want to do in your financial life. Getting you a clear picture of it. Getting you on track to your retirement. Russ Hackman, of course, in the studio now, 25 years in the financial industry, early years uh, in on Wall Street trading desks. So just a wealth of information and experience that Russ and the team bring to planning for you from their four offices around Boston Kingham, Wakefield, Waltham, and downtown. Russ, great to be with you again, and I love what you've got here. It's a thing we're going to do throughout the show called Fact, Fiction, or Somewhere in Between. (laughs) Yeah, I like it, David. You know, for the audience, what we've collectively assembled here is some common sort of financial planning, you know, facts, myths, et cetera, and we're going to test each of them and talk about, you know, whether they're true or not and what's our sort of read on things. So, Without any further ado, I think you can kick it off, Dave, and uh, you know, hit me with the first question. I'm going to hit you with the, the statement that you can expand on, but I and and declare fact or fiction. I don't need help with my plan. I can use an app for free and get the same information. <laughs> well, you can. You know, let's just acknowledge up front. You know, obviously, I've got a, a dog in this hunt. Right? <laughs> yes, you <Is> do. <laughs> got skin in the game. <laughs> skin in the game. But uh, you know, if we talk about, you know, you you could kind of say your financial health and long term financial health is uh, maybe not quite as important as your physical health, but uh, you know, it may be a close second, mm-hmm. right? Your physical and emotional and, and, and right help. But uh, and they can be intertwined. They you know, can poor be. Financial and health can and can can drag you down in a, in a lot of ways, even mm-hmm. physically, actually, mm-hmm. certainly mentally. Right. So, you know, just like you wouldn't rely on yourself to, uh, you know, diagnose and take care of a health issue, uh, you want to. You want to trust someone who went to school for that, has worked in it for years and years and years, and is able to say, look, I've helped 100 people just like you in your exact circumstances. Not exact circumstances. Everything's tailored, right? But, you know, in similar circumstances with similar amounts of money, I've made sure that they've they've been okay. And, uh, you know, you want that. You want to hear that from your doctor? Like, hey, I got you. I've done this 100 times. And you want to hear that from your financial advisor as well, right? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I think the robo-advisors and the sort of the discount brokers, you know, have a purpose, particularly in the accumulation phase of wealth. But as you get to the stage of your life when – the questions get different and more complex. Like, how do I make sure that I'm age 95 and I still have money coming no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. How can I plan to reduce my taxes? You know, which account should I draw from? You know, my IRA, do I draw from my taxable? Um, How do I work out out a gifting strategy? How do I gift, how do I integrate this with my estate planning, my financial plan and my estate planning? These are these are you know more complex and difficult to to answer questions, and it's good to have a, an actual human being with experience that you can sit with across from the table, and really any 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 very good financial advisor, and obviously we'd like to think that we're very good at least, uh, can more than pay for themselves, whether it's on the tax side, you know, peace of mind side, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So that's that that's that's my. 
you know, that, 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 that's my dog, so to speak. (laughs) You know, speaking of doctors, um, I would, instead of putting the diploma on the wall, I'd I'd prefer they put their grades up. I mean, I don't, I want to make sure they didn't just squeak by, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's an excellent point, Dave. I never thought of that. I want to see yeah, their here's grades. The, here's the uh, 2.5 uh, pre-med major. It's like, oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, here's the next statement. Risk tolerance and risk exposure are the same thing. Fact, fiction, or somewhere in between. The risk more of your, you know, in theory, how much downside loss you can experience. You know, risk exposure is what you really got in your assets And we really found, especially in the last year or so, there's a huge gap between these things. So in other words, if you would have asked most people, you know, two years ago, hey, could I lose money in almost every asset in my portfolio, my stock funds, my bond funds? You know, if you're out there, you'd probably say no. The point of the bond funds was to uh, counteract, you know, downside risk in the stock funds. We found that everything could go down at once. And even these bond funds are still going down. So I think risk exposure and measuring risk exposure and understanding it is one of those things that's frankly not really well understood by a lot of advisors. And, um, you know, it's a good chance when when you come in to see us for for those folks who come to in to see us in our four offices, we'll sit down, we'll give you a real accurate read on your risk exposure. We'll tell you pretty often people have too much risk, what you can do to tighten things up, get reasonable returns at lower risk. That's all part of what we offer uh, when folks come in to see us. And it's great. I love doing it week in and week out. And so does the rest of our team. Let's offer that, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. At 617-674-2000, it's complimentary, 617-674-2000 at one of the offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham, 617-674-2000. Hackman Wealth Vice President Jack Young joins us in the studio next. Street Sweeper and sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. It's about helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. You know, you've worked hard, you've saved, you've got the assets. Uh, Is it all coming together? And especially if you're near retirement, that's what they're all about. They being the team at Hackman Wealth Partners. Of course, Russ Hackman, uh, who is the president of the company, a big part of this show. Uh, Claire Hare, senior vice president. And now, once again this week, joining us, vice president of Hackman Wealth, Jack Young. Jack, it was great having you on the show uh, last week, learning a little bit about you, what got you into the financial industry. And as you shared, it was something you saw with a, a family member that you didn't think was right. And, you know, I, I, I've told you, I've, I've heard that story so much. I, I think that's, that's such a great motivator just to make sure that you get people situated and, and uh, set up with what you feel are the best strategies for them. And that's what it's all about. You were talking about two people back to back who had come to you, just the two different different worlds. One day you had one person who was a federal employee who had the pension. And, you know, we know that in the private sector, at least the pensions are just, they're, they're almost gone. And then you had someone come to you and it sounds like you were saying they were pretty healthy in their assets and their work they had done, uh, but not yet an income producer. 
uh, and certainly no pension. And and I thought it was fascinating how you, and I thought we could dig a little deeper in the different approach that you had to take with each of those. Let's start with the pension. Uh, so you had income there. You, you had a good foundation. Uh, are you just trying to build from that foundation with her? Yeah, great, Dave. Thanks. Uh, exactly right. So I think when, you know, she 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 had heard us on the radio, um, you know, she felt a little bit like she had accounts everywhere. She had a couple of personal IRAs, a 457, some cash, you know, and just really wanted a sense of, of maybe organizing that and utilizing that to to grow her assets, you know, um, you know, in a in a in a principal protected long-term, you know, goal-oriented way um, or, or objective. But, you know, yes, because of the, the, the pension that, sh- you know, she's guaranteed, you know, that really gave us a foundation for a lot of the models that we were building her. And it allowed us to kind of dig in a little bit deeper on her 457. So, you know, we don't need to receive a lot of dividends from that, those funds. We don't need to withdraw from those funds. She's done a good job of, 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 of saving elsewhere. So how can we position these assets to uh, grow over time at a steady rate um, that's competitive with, you know, inflation and the market? So, you know, th- there is always, and Russ alludes to the Cat 5 storm that you know, is, is always, even just, even if it's just a little bit always looming, mm-hmm. you know, so how can, you know, we position those assets outside of her pension to help really increase her, her you know, account values over time? How can we, you know, we, we will look for, for ways to, you know, uh, mitigate against large catastrophic losses, but at the same time, you know, really, we want to capture some of of the growth that you know the U.S. economy is going to have over time now, yeah. so you know that was really a, a lot of our focus, um, you know, outside of outside of the the pension conversation. Yeah, and it's like you and I don't know about uh, federal pensions if they factor inflation, but whether they do or not, still that growth, uh, that extra growth, that building on that foundation could help factor in inflation among other things. Well, let's move to the client you saw right after her. <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, he came to you with a lot of assets, but no pension. And it's almost like the puzzle pieces, but the puzzle's not put together yet. Uh, so you, you're you really, it sounds like you're starting to, having to build that foundation with this person. Exactly right. So definitely a, a different conversation. Again, a very successful you know, individual and has done a great job of accumulating assets, but those assets aren't positioned, you know, and he's looking to retire in the next year or two. So, you know, his assets right now aren't positioned to kick off income to him in any sort of way. So, you know, the conversation really revolved around, okay, we've done a good job accumulating assets. Mm -hmm. We've done a good job capturing growth and in line with the market over the last couple of decades. You know, now how can we let, you know, how can we get those assets working for you from an income perspective? And, you know, there's a number of different strategies and and ways to approach this. So, you know, we really dove into account by account and went through, okay, well, how can we position this account um, to give you, you know, a certain amount of income? And then we looked at, certain, you know, budgets, we, we, we ran three or four different budget scenarios that allowed him to travel a bit. There was one that was a baseline budget. There was one that allowed for, 
you know, an extra expense paying for a family wedding, you know, a lot. So we accounted and looked at and modeled a lot of different variations. And, you know, the overwhelming consensus and the overwhelming focus is to make sure that no matter what budget or what scenario his life plays out to be, there's adequate income from there and he doesn't run out of assets. Mm -hmm. He can't outlive an income stream. And, you know, we take that very seriously here at Hackman Wealth. Yeah, I mean, you re and you really have to, and that's the big fear. And we're dealing with longevity too, which is a good thing. But uh, I know that your goal is to take the risk part of the term longevity risk out of there, uh, so that they can enjoy their longevity. Without question, people are living longer, and that is definitely one of the big six retirement risks we talk about here at our firm. And you know that is a very real risk. And but there is ways to mitigate that. There's ways to plan and account for longevity risk. And, you know, we, we take that very seriously and, and, and we build that into all of our plans that, that, uh, that folks, you know, the, the folks that come through our doors, we, we definitely always take that into account. Perfect example, Jack, again, and that's why I think we decided to revisit it again this week so we could dig a little deeper of how everyone who walks in the door of your office, it, 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 they're different. Their situation is unique to them. And two worlds there, one with a pension, one without a pension. But that's the approach you take, a custom approach, uh, an opportunity to schedule now, uh, Jack. And this is a great opportunity, either initial or second opinion at no cost, no obligation. For the first five callers with 500000 or more, we'd encourage you to call in. We will give you a complimentary second opinion and an investment analysis on any accounts that you'd like to have analyzed. I'd really encourage you to do this. As many folks appreciate the second opinion and the level of detail that we take on analyzing each account that they show choose to, to have analyzed. As Russ says, you do it with your health care. Uh, this makes just as much sense. I mean, we're talking about what could be 30 years or more in retirement. Take advantage of the opportunity next five at no cost, no obligation at 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000 at 617-674-2000. Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, uh, ready to talk to you as well as the team. And of course, giving great information on this show every week. It is the Wall Street Sweeper. And we've got some more fact fiction or somewhere in between coming up. But here's another one of our features. We call this one Funny Money. And this one has to do, it's a story about pizza. <laughs> This is a funny money story, and it's both a little funny and a little not so funny. But one thing is certain, it's a pretty good story. It's a story about making a profit, acquiring customers, and how some venture capitalists lose millions of dollars, yet they continue to acquire more cash. We get the story from content strategist and writer Ranjan Roy, and he tells the story of a friend of his that owns several independent pizza operations. One day, he started to get complaints about late deliveries just one thing. His pizza operations didn't offer delivery. He did a little sleuthing. He discovered a delivery option had somehow appeared on his Google listing. Turns out it was DoorDash. Apparently, that's one method of how DoorDash acquires new customers. Oh, but it doesn't end there. He sells his pizza $24 a piece. However, DoorDash had it listed for $16. Think about it. 
If somebody would pay DoorDash $16 for a pizza, yet his restaurant got the full $24. So he did the only thing that seemed logical. He ordered 10 pizzas for himself, had them delivered to a friend's house. It worked. His restaurant was paid $24 a piece, and the customer paid $16. Boom, $8 profit per pizza. The money was free. A seamless transfer from SoftBank's deep venture capital on pockets to his business bank account. So they tried it again, only this time, they only sent out pizza dough. Same thing, $75 pure profit. Surely DoorDash figured this out. Well, they didn't. And here's where the venture capitalists come in. In this case, SoftBank. They are the money behind DoorDash, who, by the way, lost $450 million, generating $800 million in revenue last year. Let me say that again. They lost $450 million, generating $800 million. What's wrong with this picture? Is it any wonder, then, why the potential Uber Eats takeover of Grubhub has hit a brick wall? Okay, trying to process <laughs> this one. Uh, <laughs> first off, how did they do that? How did they Uber Eats sell it for so much cheaper? I mean, I think they chose to lose $8 a pizza to grow To their, grow the quantity to, of to, business. To, because in this bizarro venture capital world that they live in, you know, people look at growth and sales more than they look at what how much money you're actually making. Yeah. They're just shooting to go public. I think there's some of these companies, even like Uber, I think, that have either never shown a profit or, you know, have just yeah. started to show a profit. So, you know, I mean, it, obviously, it's an interesting story. You know, what's the what's the point for all of us? Well, I mean, it does show you that, you know, Wall Street and, and, you know, what goes on in Wall Street uh, is, you know, just kind of crazy sometimes. Uh, it's crazy as it pertains to, you know, these kind of startup companies. It's going a little crazy right now with uh, what's going on with the artificial intelligence companies and that being sort of the, you know, exciting thing du jour. I think we've all been around long enough to know that there's always something exciting du jour that looks great until it, you know, blows up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can sneak into your portfolio that are the, you know, latest flavor du jour from advisors, particularly if you have a couple million dollars or more for some of our clients and listeners out there. You know, they start to sneak in things like hedge funds and private equity and all what they call alts, et cetera. And, you know, many of these things are, again, just another way for them to charge you more. So, uh, you know, you can count on us if you come in to see us to, you know, we're not going to sell you a pizza for $16. We're not even going to sell you one for $24. But what we will do is give you a complimentary second opinion and our read on, um, you know, if there's any of that, you know, kind of high fee, funny stuff in your portfolio, it gives it lets let's do provide that opportunity. Tongue in cheek, Dave, uh, the next five callers who, who have saved five hundred thousand dollars and more for retirement in 15 minutes or less. Russ, is that <laughs> okay? All right, 617-674-2000 to schedule. 617-674-2000 uh, to schedule with Russ, Claire, Jack, and the team. Coming up, Russ takes questions from listeners. The 
Wall Street Sweeper continues. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, offering financial and retirement services. Now, Russ himself, 25 years in the financial industry, early years on Wall Street trading desk. A lot of experience and, and knowledge you have in working with the team at Hackman Wealth. And a lot of knowledge of what's going on out there in the financial universe. You know, we were talking about um, the mutual fund industry on the break. Very broad right. range of quality there. Well, absolutely. And this is kind of consistent with what we were talking about in the previous segment, Dave, around, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that can end up in your portfolio that uh, even though your advisor is a fiduciary, that is really not there in your best interest. And Mm -hmm. let's just repeat that. Russ, are you saying that fiduciaries are putting things in my portfolio that aren't the best possible things in that advisor's mind for me to own? Yes, I am saying that. Well, how could that be possible, right? Well, because obviously what what Wall Street is really good at is taking something that's good in theory, this fiduciary concept, which is, again, the investor is supposed to be putting your interests first and reading the laws around that really, really carefully to realize that there are certain conflicts of interest that are actually permitted, like... For example, in mutual funds, like if you're wondering why, like look inside your statement and look at what's in there. Now, if those funds in there have fees themselves, which is almost always the case Mm -hmm. when I see people's portfolios, and those fees are anywhere above like 0.2%, and it's not going to be obvious to you what they are. You can try to look up the ticker symbol and try to find it on Yahoo Finance and sometimes get to the bottom of it. Those things do come out when we do a portfolio x-ray because our supercomputer you know, has the links to uh, the fees and all of these mm-hmm. things. So you can end up with these higher fee mutual funds uh, in, for, in both the stock part of your portfolio and the bond piece of your portfolio. Those are, um, you know, 0.5%. Sometimes it's more than 1% some of those fees that you're paying and that's on top of what you're paying for your advisor and by the way your advisor's firm may be getting kickbacks from those fund companies uh they're not called kickbacks they're called platform fees (laughs) technology fees and right but again like you can bet on you know we, we have our truisms around here but one of the one of our truisms is you know if you got less than $10 million, less than $5 million, sometimes even less than $20 million, Wall Street is really trying to charge you 2 or 3% and have you not know it, right? And hiding so, it. I mean, how do they hide yeah. it? Well, again, a lot of it is in these multiple layers of fees. Okay. Expensive products like we were talking about. You got to know, you know the symbols and everything. Sometimes, sometimes make no sense. But again, there is really no point to owning an actively managed mutual fund that has 0.5 to 1% fees when you're already paying your advisor 1%. True. If I look at that fund, like, okay, why would I own a mutual fund that has a, a fee of three quarters of a percent? Well, I mean, the only logical possible reason for that is because whoever's being paid 0.75% is beating the market or beating the market on a risk-adjusted basis, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I I wouldn't pay someone to do worse, right? Well, that's exactly what you are doing. If you take up any any of your mutual funds, you know, one in a hundred is doing better than the market. The other 99 are, are underperforming the market by more than the fees, 
right? Wow. So what, and uh, one of the chapters in our upcoming book, it's a $10 trillion business, at least $5 trillion of actively managed mutual funds. One of our chapters is, I mean, I call this industry basically useless. It is there to just charge you fees and give kickbacks to your advisor. Your book is going to be good. What's the name? It's working a big, title? That's a big statement. Like Russet, $5 trillion, you know, the, the, the tension of the industry is to overcharge us. You bet it is. Wow. Right? <laughs> anyway, <sighs> another chance to transition, Dave. Will I, you come in and see us? We'll identify where you're overpaying. As I, you know, one of our intros to this program is like, is there any other industry where you can pay more to get something worse? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe at an expensive bar when you get one of those like $25 drinks. Right. right? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, let's offer that chance, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000 to schedule. Comprehensive review. No cost, no obligation. Next five, 617-674-2000. Coming up, it's more fact fiction or somewhere in between. away the clutter of Wall Street here on this show, which is more of a conversation and, and from Russ and Claire and Jack and the team, really them giving us a lot of things that we need to consider in our financial life and also sharing a lot of case studies with us and answering your questions on the Wall Street Sweeper. If you'd like to have Russ answer your questions, just send your question to or actually go to HackmanWealth.com and you can submit it there if you click on the radio tab. That's at HackmanWealth.com. Faye kicks it off. My husband and and I earn a combined household income of nearly 225000 We both max out our 401k, and we've done so for the last two decades. Are we allowed to open a Roth IRA for each of us? I've heard that some folks say we are not eligible to open one. Any input would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, at that income level, over two hundred grand for a couple, you really are not eligible to use a Roth IRA. The only thing that you could do is uh, within your 401k, and I think this is a big missing piece for a lot of people who are still working, within your 401k, now most of these plans have the ability to do a Roth version of the 401k, and you can still do that up to $19,000 going into the account, uh, plus any catch-up contributions post age 50. And it's like, well, why would I put money into a Roth uh, 401k and pay my tax? If you do that, you pay your taxes now as opposed to later. Well, if you're in the 22 to 24% tax brackets, the 24% tax bracket goes up to 364,000. The 22% tax bracket goes up to 190,000. That's for married couples. For individuals, it's about, for single people, it's about half of that. Well, it's not a bad thing for you to pay your taxes now at 22 or 24% federal rate, potentially, those, those tax brackets are going up to 25 and 28% in 2026 when the tax cuts from the beginning of the Trump administration expire. So mm -hmm. pay taxes now, taxes going up later. If you have a decent amount in your IRAs, like a and these folks, you know, contributing for two decades probably do have more than a million dollars, then you're going to 
be in a pretty good tax bracket when you retire due to required minimum distribution. So while you're still working, it can pay to to look at that Roth 401k. And I think that's something that is missed for a lot of people, whether they're close to retirement. And I think it's also really good advice for us to give our kids contribute to that Roth 401k, Mm -hmm. pay your taxes when you're a low tax bracket. I think that's fantastic advice for kids and grandkids. HackmanWealth.com to submit your question. Click the radio tab where you can also hear the podcast, HackmanWealth.com. Michelle, my husband and I are 62 and still working. We have grown kids, some very old estate plans. I don't really want to spend big money updating our wills, et cetera, but worried that some of this may be outdated. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, if your estate plan, if your docs are more than, you know, eight, 10 years old, it makes sense to get them updated. But yeah, that's right. The concern is you walk into your average attorney now and to do wills, maybe a trust, you know, medical advance directives, you know, that kind of kind of whole package, you know, the attorneys want to charge you, I mean, low end would be 2,500. A lot of times it's like four grand and it's like... Well, that seems like a lot when you it kind of feels like the attorney is probably, you know, taking out the names of the couple that came in before you. I don't want to undersell what they do. You know what I mean? Uh, be awkward in if you forgot case, one, if he missed it. Uh, yeah, exactly. You forgot your your sort of find and replace, right? So um, Who's Jack and Barb? Yeah, we we exactly we we do have, you know, financial advisors. We have access to a great uh, resource uh, and independent advisors do. It's hard to do this with your big box advisor, probably impossible. We have access to a great resource of, of a network of, of attorneys. And what they do is they'll charge, you know, six, 800 bucks to do the whole package. If it's sort of, sort of going through us, we're not making money on it. We're not the attorneys, but the point is that they, they like to work with, uh, financial advisors, A, because we have lots of clients that they want, right? And B, because we'll package up all your information very nicely and give it to the lawyer as opposed to them having to pry it out of you, you know, one piece of information at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a really good resource. And, um, you know, Faye, we'd be happy to, you know, obviously we do that for our clients. We'd be happy to help you with that. And thanks for listening. Uh, Jack says, my wife and I are 70 and wondering if we should consider downsizing our four-bedroom house that we've had forever. Do you recommend downsizing for most people? I think downsizing is fantastic. Everyone I know who's done it loves it, right? I mean, the the, the moving process is salacious. <laughs> yes. And, 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 you accumulated and a lot getting, of stuff. Getting rid of all the stuff that you've accumulated, but... Yeah, you get to a certain age, especially when you pass, you know, get get into your late seventies, and then you know you're dealing with snow removal, and you're dealing with lawns, and mm-hmm. all the stuff that can go wrong in a house. I think, and and all the costs of that. You know, everyone I know who's gotten switched to a condo or something has been happy. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, my mother did this, and we have clients who are out there that are listening that that have done this, that have moved into these. Um, facilities you know my mother calls it like the it's like college for uh for older people or it's like a cruise ship where you know you basically get an apartment and you can live by yourself in this community but they have dinner provided for you and if you ever need a nursing home 
they have that there, et cetera. And, and they party a lot, right? You know, <laughs> my my mother ab- and her her husband, my stepfather, they absolutely love it. Like got, getting out of their house, it's super social. They got the bridge club, the yeah. Mahjong club, the knitting club. And again, everybody I know who's done that loves it. And then, you know, my mother was telling me the other day she fell over and they were there within five minutes to scoop her up. You know, yeah. that's good yeah. stuff. So. Uh, in any event, good chance yeah. to transition another opportunity to uh, call in. You can ask us a question. We can get it on the show. You can come in and see us for a complimentary second opinion. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts on um, your financial plan. Uh, let's offer that up, Dave. Yeah, they'll answer your questions, too. They welcome those when you meet. Uh, here's how you schedule. 617-674-2000. 617 2000 Meet with Russ and Claire, Jack, and the team, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life, your journey to retirement. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Fact, fiction, or somewhere in between. We'll continue that conversation coming up. Getting a clear picture of your financial life, sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. It is the Wall Street Sweeper. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Russ Hackman. Russ is president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and Hackman Wealth Partners, a great firm, and uh, helping you navigate your way to retirement. Not just Russ, but the team. That includes uh, also parts of the show here, Clear Hair and Jack Young. A great experience. You can have an informational and educational experience, and they'll cut through a lot of the, the thinking or Things you may have heard from uh, the guy at the water cooler at the office that's maybe slightly misinformation. Uh, maybe it's outdated thinking. That's what we're doing a lot on the show today is Russ cutting through some of the fiction of retirement planning and thinking. So we're going to continue. I, I, I'll give the statement. Russ declares whether it's fact, fiction, maybe somewhere in between. Here's our next one. You need 70 to 85 percent of your current income level to live comfortably in retirement. Is that fact or fiction? I think that's totally wrong, but it also kind of depends how you do the calculations. So, yeah. in other words, if you had a salary of a hundred grand and you were making four hundred one k, you know, contributions, and uh, you know you, you were subtracting taxes, you got to look at what your after tax take home was, right? So, if you were living on six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars a month, whatever, you know, ten, fifteen thousand, you know, we have, obviously we see people all over the the income spectrum and asset spectrum, then, you know, you're going to need at least what you were netting while you were working and more. And in general, what we want to do, and and this is part of uh, the financial planning process, what we want to do is say, hey, let's plan to spend more, Mm -hmm. especially for the first 10 to 15 years from retirement. And then what we want to do is, is you know, when you're 82, 85, you know, pick a number, at least when you're doing the financial projections, we can assume that we're going to be slowing down a bit, uh, not traveling so much. So, um, but but the, the notion that you're going to spend less when you're retired is- Not these is, days. Definitely wrong. And especially want to have some fun, right? Right. Boomers, uh, first generation, the boomer generation I've heard it described is they want to die young late. So those go-go years, they're going to be living it up. And uh, you, you That's know. true. Yeah. I mean, some people, it's not in their nature to sort of live it up. But, 
uh, for a lot of people, I encourage them to, because I, I mean, most people tell me like, Russ, I do not want to be 90 years old with $3 million in the bank. Right. right? Well, what's the point? All, I, get, I get that a lot. Right? I, I mean, I, I get it. Unless you're starting with, you know, $8 million, then, then, <laughs> then, then you did a good job spending. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here, all right, here's the next one. You can boost your monthly social security payments by 8% a year. If you delay claiming until age 70, is that fact or fiction? Yeah, that's true. I think most people know that, right? And then, but but it gets into then. Okay, what's my strategy, and when should I start based upon when I retire? And these are interesting questions. You know, people are retiring sooner. I do like to see if people do retire pretty early. I'd, I'd like to see at least one member of a couple or think about starting earlier, even if you have a good amount of money. It can make some sense. There's more to that story, but the. Um, you know, the right kind of Social Security strategy can make a big difference. And, and it's one of these things that we go through when we sit down. It depends on people's health, family history, um, you know, uh, preferences. There's mm -hmm. just a lot that goes into Social Security strategy. And it's it's one of those things we help folks with also. Diversification and asset allocation are the same thing. Fact, fiction or in between? I mean, I guess they're related, but I mean, I do think that diversification is become this sort of garbage concept. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, Wall, Wall Street thinks that it's sm it's smart to diversify my stock market risk by having some exposure, for example, to emerging markets. OK, right? so I want, yeah. I want exposure in my portfolio to, you know, Brazil and Argentina and you know, Mexico. And it's like, no, right. I don't that's not necessarily to good those, to those places. And yeah. just because they're going to perform differently doesn't mean it's a good investment. Right? <laughs> right. I can, I can throw money in the ocean and that's a diversification <laughs> strategy, right? It doesn't make it smart. So, you know, asset allocation, this notion of how much should I have in each asset class, stocks, bonds, zero, uh, for the most part, <laughs> cash, CDs, T-bills, are there any annuities that make sense? We talk about that from time to time. There's great annuities. There's terrible annuities. Uh, the right annuities offer sort of insured income or insured uh, principal protected assets that can give you upside. So, uh, you know, a lot of, of myth out there around diversification and asset allocation. And I, when I, when I sit down with most people and look at their portfolios, most people are put into so many different funds, they don't really even know what they have. They don't right? know. Right. And especially if you've accumulated a reasonable amount of assets, you may have, you know, multiple accounts, different IRAs, you may have taxable accounts and, you know, people's statements can run, you know, 40 pages. And most people come in and say like, Russ, I, I can't read this thing. Is it just so much like, just to make it look like they are doing something, not they, the client, but they, whoever yeah, they're working I mean, I with. I see people in like 40 mutual funds. It's like, Good that makes gracious. no sense. Even if you have $6 million, it really <laughs> right. doesn't, honestly, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not doing anything for you. All right, let's get another quick one in here. Um, I need a million dollars to retire. Russ, fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? I think that's pretty close to fact that I, you know, where where we're all living, you know, a million dollars is a uh, is definitely the number to shoot for. And I think for a couple, it's closer to a million and a half dollars. Obviously, it depends a lot on mm -hmm. what you're spending, if your house is paid for already. But uh, 
you know, and then two million, if you can get to two million and up, then you're in pretty solid shape. Again, depends what you're spending. Um, but it, it, you know, it depends on, and, and if you don't have your assets allocated properly, a million dollars can, you know, a million and a half not properly allocated can be about the same as a million properly allocated, if that ma makes any sense. Oh, so right. the right asset allocation investment strategy is super important. I have a blinding statement of the obvious, but clearly we, you know, we look at each person individually, what they're spending, what they need in retirement, what they're aspiring to do in retirement. And we do that in these complimentary sessions that we offer, complimentary meetings that we offer to folks. So let's let's offer that chance, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. And how do you schedule? You call 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. And this is a, a complimentary and comprehensive review that you can schedule. Next five at no cost, no obligation. It's all about you and your retirement. 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Hey, coming up, we'll have a question for Russ on the biggest piece of financial planning misinformation he's seen. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners and the team serving people around Boston with four offices around Boston, downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham, and even beyond. Uh, Russ uh, mentions uh, listeners who call in from outside of the Boston area, too, listening to us. Well, and good information every week on this show about the ever-changing retirement universe. That's that's the world that Russ, Clear, and Jack live in. You know, we, we spend a lot of time, Russ, on uh, misinformation, you clearing up a lot of myths and fiction in the retirement uh, think minds of people. Uh, but what, yeah. I'm just curious, what is the biggest or maybe even most shocking piece of financial planning misinformation that maybe you've seen? Seen or that could be out there now. I, 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 this maybe answer the question a little differently, but to me, it is it is the overall is that a having a portfolio equals having a financial plan. So in other words, everyone out there has some sort of portfolio mm -hmm. that is consisting of whatever they're invested in. If you say to your advisor, like, do I have enough money? What's my plan to make my money last? What's my tax plan? If I'm not worried about running out of money, but how do we estimate what I'm going to be leaving to my kids? Like, what could I be exposed to federal or state estate taxes? And what could those be? What's my plan if I need to spend money on, um, on extended care, for example? Uh, what's my drawdown strategy? Like, which accounts am I drawing from? All these things just aren't planned out. And to me, like anything not planned is like not done. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like if you're if you're and you think about all the things you've done in your work life or your personal life, all the very detailed planning that you did and contingency thinking that you did. Just a lot of that is just not being done for folks. Uh, and I think a lot of people have the sense of that. When people come in to see me, they're like, Russ, I got a portfolio, but not a plan. I hear what you're talking about, right? Like a lot of puzzle pieces, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if you're in that situation um, or you just want a second opinion, it's a final chance. Thank you all for listening. Final chance to come in and see us. Get on our calendar. We've been, we've been, uh, 
you know, busy, but we do keep slots open for folks. Uh, the next five cars that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement. Well, there's an office convenient to you downtown Wakefield, Hingham, or Waltham. 617-674-2000. Russ, Jack, and Clear will love to meet you and, and get to know you and your unique financial situation. Again, the number to call is 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. We do appreciate you being with us every week. And we're back the same time next week. Hope you are with us with Russ Hackman. Clear Hair, Jack Young, Hackman Wealth Partners, and the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman, Claire Hare, and Jack Young are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors LLC, BWA, a registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, Jack Young, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Indexed or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investment and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.